Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you stuff you should know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com, available now exclusively on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And as usual, I have sitting next to me, senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hola, amigo. <laughs> I'm wondering when you're going to run out of countries. Uh, there are many of them. If you watched Animaniacs, you would know the names of all of them. Actually, I have that CD. Anyway, <laughs> speaking, and, and you can see all these countries if you are looking at the Earth from space. No, oh, nice. That was a that was a quickly manufactured Off the segue. Cuff segue. So yeah, we're going to talk today about uh, inventions that we can um, we can attribute to our wonderful space race and space exploration programs. This actually uh, is an idea that we got from an email we re- received. So I'll let, let me start off by reading the email. Okay. So uh, this is uh, from Justin in Chicago. <clears throat> I know how you love to receive haikus from fans. Oh, wait, wrong podcast. I've always wondered whether people knew what they were talking about when they credited NASA with the invention of certain technologies, Velcro, MRIs, and that delicious dehydrated ice cream, to name a few. Is the alleged government origin for dozens upon dozens of everyday products just a public exaggeration or misconception? Which of these are actual NASA technologies? I'm too lazy lazy to research it myself, so I'd like to hear you guys talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes instead. You got it, Justin. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Now, first of all, um, well, let's go ahead and and uh, and crush Velcro. Well, right it just sort of makes that crunchy noise. So Velcro oh, is not a NASA invention. Nope. It was a Swiss invention dating back to the 1940s. Yeah, that's much older than NASA. Right. Yes, NASA was not around in the 1940s. No. No, there were space yeah. was, but not yes, so. space was actually out there in <laughs> okay, the 1940s. Okay, I'm, I'm done being good. I think I think space first appeared on the scene somewhere right around 1603. Oh, okay. Um, please don't write me. I know I'm making that up. The uh, so so yeah, it dated back from the 1940s. It's a Swiss invention. Now NASA did use Velcro in the Apollo missions, um, and that kind of made Velcro more famous. So that might be where people got the idea that NASA invented it. They did not. Um, also, let's go ahead and get the other two big ones out of the way. Okay. They did not invent Teflon, and nope. they did not invent Tang, as nope. in the the powdered sweet sweet drink. No, according to the uh, the NASA website, Tang predates the uh, space missions by a few years. However, astronauts do find it yummy. Yes. And uh, NASA did use it in various oh, yeah. kind of promotional materials, so that'd be where you'd get that idea from, too. Well, well there are lots of things like that that, uh, you know, I mean, Velcro. NASA loves Velcro. It's oh, yeah. Per- it's, it's great. Yeah, for so a zero-G environment, very useful stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking that's probably why, you know, and Tang was still, still fairly new when the astronauts were going up into space. So, uh, you know, it kind of makes sense that public perception might have been that NASA picked those up and they invented them. Right. I briefly debated on uh, arguing that um, that Nicholas II invented Ovaltine, but then I realized that 
that would spreading misinformation is not what we do here. You're just going to get more emails. Yes, true. That's so, no, podcast. he did not, <clears throat> to my knowledge anyway. I just made that up. So if it is true, it was totally by chance. Moving on to the actual inventions that NASA is responsible for. There are many of them, Justin. You asked us if there were some, if if, uh, if that was just kind of a misconception. No, it's not a misconception. There are plenty of inventions out there. Tons and tons of them. That we can credit NASA for bringing to life. And uh, we have an article on the site called 10 NASA Inventions You Might Use Every Day, written by our colleague Kristen Conger, who is an excellent writer here at HowStuffWorks.com. And um, she mentions that NASA has filed more than 6,300 patents with the U.S. government. Wow. Uh, and not all of those are specifically for things that can only apply to uh, space exploration or, or space, you know, uh, uh, missions. Many of those things that uh, that NASA has filed patents for, we now use in uh, in everyday applications. Mm-hmm. Should I should I mention one? I it sounded like you had one on the top of your head. Well, the very first one she mentions, I guess I can kind of go in descending order. Uh, we're not going to mention all of the ones in the article because there are some she doesn't mention that I like. Yeah, yeah, there are quite a few that we wanted to talk yeah. about, and uh, we didn't want to just you know regurgitate the article. But the first one she mentions um, would be invisible braces. I never had them. However, if I had. You'd never have known it. Right. Uh, they're made from uh, translucent polycrystalline alumina, TPA. And uh, the reason why we can credit NASA for this is that they were using uh, this material to protect infrared antenna of heat-seeking missile trackers. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, but it turns out that there was another company called Unitech that was working on a new kind of design for braces. Mm-hmm. And so you take the material created by NASA, essentially. Ceridine was the company that really developed it. But NASA was behind the whole research stage. And you, then you take Unitech that's making this brace, this, um, this new form of braces, and you apply the material to the design, and you come up with invisible braces. Wow. Yeah. So thank you, NASA, for straightening out some teeth. And, you know, they can chew on some missiles. Yeah. Never mind. Um, I guess I wasn't done being goofy. All right. Uh, you know, my favorite on that list. What's that? Memory foam. Memory that's, foam. That's some good stuff, man. If you've ever put your hand on a memory foam mattress and watched your fingerprints stay there after you pulled your hand away, thank an astronaut or probably a NASA researcher. Yeah, the, the whole Tempur-Pedic mattresses, <sighs> that all comes from the whole NASA research. Yeah. I'd like to be on one right now. Uh, me too. I was just thinking that. I'm like, why did you go with that? Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been thinking about it. It is the time. end of a very long day, people. <laughs> we have recorded two other podcasts today. I, I hate to break the veil here, but uh, yeah. So the idea of laying down on foam that <laughs> right envelops now, you and, and comforts you sounds really, really nice. nice. We need a, we need a HowStuffWorks.com like nap room. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. All right, making a note. All okay. right, moving on. So yes, yes, the memory foam, that also comes from uh, NASA research. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she, Kristen also mentions shoe insoles. Yep. yep. Which we can thank moon boots for. Yeah, the, we're talking about like the, the insoles in, in shoes that are uh, used to help your, um, your, you know, give you a little bit of a boost with athletic shoes and, and make it breathable and comfortable. And um, keeps you gelling. Like a felon, <laughs> like Magellan. <laughs> we should get paid for by them. I know, I know. We, uh, anyway, so 
Again, we're talking about, uh, you know, it seems kind of silly that you're thinking like, oh, just shoe insoles. But no, seriously, this, this, the technology for these cushy shoe insoles that give you a lot more support came out of NASA research. Well, honestly, if you, if you think about, uh, some of the other stuff, like invisible braces, well, we could use visible braces, but it, it does add something. It adds a quality of life. And not everything is, um, you know, has to be some kind of groundbreaking new science, you know for it to be useful and functional for us. So it's, you know, these are good things. Now, there are a lot of things uh, that are different between Chris and yours truly. Uh-oh. You know, there are a lot of things that, you know, we don't, there are a lot of things that we, we feel very differently about, but um, we also share a few similarities. Oh. One of those is that we both wear spectacles. That's true. Glasses. Indeed. Um, do you have scratch-resistant lenses? Um, I certainly hope so because my uh, youngest daughter <laughs> likes to grab them and rip them off my face and try to eat them. Nice. Uh, so my, they, they have not scratched yet. My Jack Russell Terriers like to do the same thing. Perhaps they all get together while we're at work and plot things to do to us. That's entirely possible. But yes, scratch-resistant lenses. That's another thing we can uh, thank Very NASA nice. for. Now, NASA, the reason they they developed this material, this special coating to help protect equipment in space because, I mean, it's very sensitive equipment. Uh, and there are particles out in space that are floating around and you yep. could come into contact with it. And you definitely don't want something scratching up your, your equipment while you're out in space, especially if it's going to end up, you know, endangering the, the people on the mission, much less endangering multi-billion dollar equipment that's up there. Right. So, um, this, this material they've created, the special coating, they, you know, scientists adapted it to create the the scratch resistant coating they put on lenses. So if you have glasses that have this coating on them, you can thank NASA for it. Definitely, thank you, NASA. Thank you very much. <laughs> Otherwise, I couldn't see. So, uh, do you want to diverge from the? Well, article? well, I think I have, have one. More? I think I have two. More? Oh, okay. yeah, I've got two yeah, more. Tell me which ones you like. So um, the other one I was thinking about talking about uh, long distance telecommunications. That's oh, yeah. a gimme. Yeah, and the satellite dish was yeah. what I was going to bring up, but they're they're sort of intertwined because they use they satellite are. technology to communicate. Right, and uh, yeah, we're talking about the you know the the NASA had to create telecommunication devices that would be able to span enormous uh, distances because you're talking about trying to maintain contact with people in outer space. It's hard to get further away than that. Yes, otherwise Tom Hanks would be stranded in space right now. <sighs> Yeah, but then we would have been spared that horrible haircut from uh, the the uh, what was it the Da Vinci Code? Oh wow! But anyway, I don't know whether to thank them or, or curse them. <laughs> I'm conflicted. keeping them in, in mind, of course. If that was a movie. Oh right, based right, right, on right. The real yeah, exactly. Okay. Of course, again, they would have been in bad shape if they hadn't been able to communicate with. Houston. And we're very thankful that they were. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yes, the same technology that they developed in order to communicate with astronauts was then, of course, used to for, you know, broadcast technology, for telecommunications technology. Uh, you know, without, without NASA, I'm sure we would have gone down those roads eventually anyway, but probably not with the same kind of alacrity that we did. Thanks to NASA. Do you True. like that with the alacrity? Yeah, I like alacrity. I throw that in there. And the other one that I thought I'd mentioned from the article uh, was water filters. Oh, yeah. Which, again, you're talking about if you're going to send people out up in space, you may need a way to filter some water so that they can have something to drink. Or something else that yeah. you may have to be drinking. Filter some sort of liquid so that you would have drinkable water. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Let's not get into that. It doesn't take a whiz to know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah. So again, water filters, the same sort of water filters we use for our tap water. We can thank NASA for creating that kind of technology. Can I thank them for that horrible joke? You can blame them for it if you okay. like. All right. All right. So now we can go and talk about some of the stuff that is not on the, the, in the actual article. Then there are more on in the article if you want to go check it out. Yeah. Um, Speaking of lenses, yes. uh, they helped invent some uh, sunglass technology oh. that works with uh, polarization and keeping out uh, frequencies of light that may be harmful to your eyes. Well, that makes sense because, um, I mean, you know, you're out in space. You don't have that kind of – you don't have the benefit of the Earth's atmosphere to, to filter that out. That's true. And uh, from, what I've, from what I read, it was also because they were working on welding and mm. the incredibly bright light from, you know, certain kinds of welding can do serious damage to your eyes and they needed an ability to – you know, uh, protect the eyes of the, the astronauts. But with the blast shield down, I can't see anything. How am I supposed to be able to fight? Okay, so I'm going to have to pick another one, huh? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, thermal gloves and boots. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's cold in space. Uh, very cold. It's very cold in space. <laughs> Thank you, Khan. <laughs> so, uh, you oh know, they uh, the astronauts need protection. I didn't mean to do that, I swear. Oh. Um, but that translates. You know, it's also very cold in certain parts of the Earth. And, you know, applying that technology, lightweight technology, eh, not so much a matter in space, but when you're, you know, dressed in that stuff to get into the, the uh, cockpit before you blast off, it's kind of heavy. Those early spacesuits were pretty gargantuan. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were not uh, svelte. No, no. But, you know, as a result, we have lighter and thinner uh, and warmer fibers. And uh, on a similar note, uh, we've had the same sort of material uh, come in handy for things like uh, firefighting equipment. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about like the suits that that uh, firefighters wear that are fire resistant fabrics. I mean, the, a lot of that fabric was originally developed um to be used in spacesuits, mm-hmm. which have to not just uh, be able to withstand intense, uh, well, intense heat and intense cold. So, right. um, yeah, again, NASA came up with the technology, and that's uh, that's one of the ways we use it today. Um, apparently, they're also responsible in in some way for redundant flashlight technology. <laughs> um, well, you think about it; you may need a flashlight, and then um, you might need another one. Well, the thing is, uh, if you have one of those flashlights that is supposed to be to have multiple sources of power in case uh, the electricity goes out and one of the batteries isn't charged, or you're in a fire, sure, um, and you need a flashlight, well, they, you know, one of the projects that came out of NASA was, uh, you know, the multiple backup power systems for flashlights built in, which is uh, again not exactly glamorous, but very useful. Nice. And of course, uh, you know, what Justin mentioned MRIs, which, mm-hmm. uh, the MRIs and CAT scans, we can, we can trace that back to NASA. Do you have information on those? Uh, that was one of the ones that I read may have been a myth. Oh, really? Although they, like, go ahead. I, I have heard they, uh, have done work with medical, um, imaging technology. And I think that's part of it too, because, uh, there's a, um, a NASA website that goes into all the different, uh, things. Oh, and right. the thing is, I think what happens is, uh, NASA says, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. We absolutely need this in the space program. And it gets so well known, so associated with the space program that people assume that, you know, well, those geniuses in NASA have done it again when in fact it's geniuses that NASA is working with. Sure, sure. So, uh, you and know, so, I think, yeah, you I think the MRA the actually is one of those. Muddy. Well, sure. Right. 
Yeah, and in that case, I think they were using that technology in order to to look for um, vulnerabilities within the the various uh, uh, equipment they were using to make sure there weren't any cracks or anything like that. And you'd absolutely need to check the integrity of your equipment if you're going out into space, as we have all found out, unfortunately. Right. Um, do you have another one? Uh, I have a favorite one, but I your, didn't know if I should. If, no, know. go ahead and drop your favorite on me. I'm looking through my list. Space pens. The oh space goodness. pen is awesome. I know, I know. Yeah. It's a uh, space pen for the uninitiated. Un- uninitiated? Uninitiated. There we go. Um, is a, a pressurized ballpoint pen. You may be saying, yeah, that's really exciting there, dude. Well, no, okay, it's not. But you can write in all kinds of different environments using the space pen. It is very handy if you have one and only one pen to use. And keeping in mind, this is not the kind of environment where you're going to take your favorite fountain pen and have little drops of ink floating all over the capsule. So, uh, you don't the space know pen. Me well, at all, do you? <laughs> well, you would do it just for fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Anyway, other, other ballpoint pens wouldn't write in space. A fountain pen, again, blobs of ink. So, what do you do? You pressurize a ballpoint pen and you can still buy it. It's, it's very widely available. You can get it from pen companies. You can even get it from office supply stores. It's a little bit more expensive than a regular pen, but, you know, it can write in virtually any environment. So, mm. kind of nice. That and I like pens. How about joysticks? Oh yeah. Are you gonna, are you gonna argue with me with joysticks? Well, you know, what do they use to fly those planes before NASA? <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I saw that on a NASA website. Yeah. I'm going, wait a minute, that, that seems well, weird. Well, it's, it's a little different. I mean, the, the joysticks they're talking about are probably, are more along the lines of the, the ones they're using for, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not well, the same the as multi-button like a, video game style. Yeah, things. you're yeah. talking about, you know, that's the same sort of stuff that you see in video games now, really kind of trend, uh, goes back to the the NASA uses for uh, various vehicles. Um, you know, you think about it when you're in these spacesuits, uh, you've got very limited mobility, so you have to have controls that are easy to grip and use when you're, you know, otherwise a little encumbered. So you may not be able to use the same sort of control devices that you would for other kinds of vehicles, like a steering wheel. Right. Um. You know, uh, one of the other things I discovered as I was going through my research for this podcast was um, I learned about the uh, group that I didn't know about before, which is the uh, NASA Inventions and Contributions Board. Mm. Um, they've actually given out more than 98,000 awards, according to their website, uh, for different technologies related to the space program. And it can be from NASA, from other government agencies or, you know, even public industry or, or academic environments. Um they give away awards. They can't be any more than $100,000 unless they talk about it with Congress first. Mm. They have to get Congress's okay. So it's like getting permission from dad before you can, you know. Right, right. And actually you can you can learn about a lot of the uh, technologies that are going around that NASA came up with. There's a magazine that they offer uh, called Spinoff. Um, it's available in print. You can't buy a subscription to it. Um, it's a little, you know, you have to be in certain groups. I mean, it is available to the public, but, uh, you know, members of Congress, the NASA community, it's, it's not the kind of thing that I would imagine most people want to read, but you can sign up for a free trial issue. Which, um, I'm which I did, you did, which I did because, you know, I'm interested in this stuff. Um, and you know, there are other tools too that, uh, people give NASA credit for, yeah. um, such as barcodes, mm. um, and quartz clocks. So, uh, you know, these things, some of them, and, and, you know, are used by NASA in different forms, but, uh, you know, the ones that you see on the package at your local grocery store, you know, not really. Yeah. Just cause it says space age does not necessarily mean that it w- came from NASA. Although I could, I, I, I think I know what my favorite 
my favorite uh, invention based off of NASA's research really is. Okay. And I'm talking about the um, the Speedo suit, swimming suit. <laughs> okay. Because, all right, so you've got NASA. You've got this uh, this enormous organization that I don't think there's another organization out there in the world that knows more about friction than NASA would. I, I They've got to be at least among the top. Yeah, they're elite. Top three. Top yeah. three easy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Speedo goes up to NASA and says, hey, you know so much about friction. What's the best way to reduce it so that we can create a product that will move through the water effortlessly? Oh, so you're not talking about the standard issue Speedo. You're no. talking about that super Space elite. Space age swimsuit reduces drag, breaks records, oh, according that. to NASA spinoff. Yes. Yes, that, that's Speedo. And um, and so according to NASA, the resulting suit reduces skin friction drag 24% more than the previous Speedo racing suit. You won't see me wearing one of these at the local pool because there are laws against that kind of thing. And thank the legislators who passed them. Yes. So uh, I'm done. Oh, you know, there was there was one we, that neither of us mentioned that okay. so far. Sure. That it did come in the email. Oh, yeah, yeah. Freeze-dried ice cream. Freeze-dried yes, ice cream. They absolutely did have something to do with that. Yeah, you can blame them. But uh, yeah, I mean, they need freeze-dried food. There's not there's not a fridge on the space shuttle. But not Dippin' Dots. They didn't do the Dippin' no, Dots. No, I don't think they did Dippin' no. Dots. But they are that space age. That would make age. no sense. Why would you have Dippin' Dots floating around the space cabin? You would. Well, I mean, I would, but that's because I'm, you know, right. very Homer Simpson-esque as this, far as my astronaut training goes. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I, I mean, there, there are tons more, but uh, those are just some of the more fun ones to talk about. Right, right. And like we said, 6,300 patents, actually more than that now, yeah, but yeah. um yeah, it's a lot of you're research. bound to have, yeah, you're bound to have some, some applications that go beyond just the space race. So Justin, there are plenty of inventions out there that meet your strict criteria, just not all the ones that you mentioned. <laughs> now, usually this would be the part where I would say that we have listener mail and Chris would hide under the table because the alarm would go off. But we, I don't have listener mail for this particular episode, and this is this is why. It's not the legislators again, is it? Because I no. will I will go down and kiss their boots. No, I actually do have listener mail, but the oh. listener mail I have uh, comes in the form of questions. And there are several of them. And we thought rather than throw in a listener mail at the end of an episode and and try and answer the question at the very end of something that's totally unrelated, we're going to try and do an episode that's really just questions from listeners. And we're going to answer them. And we've got several stored up already. So we'll be trying that in the very near future. And hopefully it'll be a big success. And if it is, then I certainly hope people will continue to write questions in because it makes it a lot easier when Chris and I sit down and say so. That's true. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot easier when you just put listener mail jamboree, which is exactly what we're calling it because I just came up with it. So listener mail jamboree in the near future. Listen for it. Now, if you want to write to us, you can write to us at techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Remember the homepage, howstuffworks.com has links to our blogs, the tech stuff blogs. You can go there and uh, read up on all the little interesting things we find out about during the week that uh, we don't necessarily podcast about, but we think are pretty interesting for you to know. Yep. And of course, there are tons and tons of articles on our home site, HowStuffWorks.com. Go check it out. Read about the these inventions from NASA. And we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?